Rural hospitals are constantly working to grow their services, expanding access to care for their communities and their patients. From specialty services to accessible primary care, growth is key to the long-term success of any rural health care provider. So, how do we expand our reach and our services to take the best care of our communities? With smart investments, trusting partnerships, and locally-based strategies. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm J.J. Hodshire. And this is Rural Health Rising. Welcome to Episode 26 of Rural Health Rising. I'm J.J. Hodshire, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hillsdale Hospital. And I'm Rachel Lott, Director of Marketing and Development. So, Rachel, we're now in our final episode of our Pillar series. So far, we've covered people, service, quality, and finance. Now, we're on to growth. And you know, growth is something we've been particularly focused on in the last two years or so, and now expanding to new services and to outreach services. Uh, We are both operating new services ourselves and offering new services in partnership with other healthcare providers and organizations. And today, we're going to be speaking with someone who has plenty of experience growing and expanding services, as well as bringing together healthcare organizations in partnership with one another. And our guest today is Paula Autry. She is the Senior Vice President and Chief Executive Officer for Henry Ford Health Systems Central Market and President and CEO of Henry Ford Allegiance Health. Welcome to Rural Health Rising, Paula. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Paula, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your work at Henry Ford Health System? Well, thank you, Rachel and JJ, for inviting me to join you. Um, I'm originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I always tell people if they're looking for the Cajun accent, you might not hear it. (laughs) My father was um, originally from Virginia. My mom originally from Oklahoma. They were college professors and both moved to Baton Rouge to start teaching in college, and that's where they met and had three children. I'm the middle child. And um, so growing up in a house with a father that was a chemistry professor and mom that was a physics professor. So as you can imagine, a lot of focus on math and science (laughs) growing up. Um, I was influenced, though, to go into health care because I had an older sister that had neurofibromatosis. Um, The layman's term for that is elephant's man's disease, and it causes a number of different manifestations. In her case, she had a pretty severe curvature of her spine and ultimately had surgery and was a paraplegic um, but and learned to be independent as a paraplegic. Um, so that influenced a lot of my healthcare experiences very early in my life. Um, went to University of Notre Dame all the way from Louisiana. Um, and then um, I know it's dangerous territory here in <laughs> Sure is. you got to be careful. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, it's all good. Um, yes, it is. And, um, and then went to Tulane University back in Louisiana for my master's in business administration and healthcare administration. And so I always wanted to do something in service and have been privileged and blessed to work in healthcare for 30 plus years in senior level roles. Um, while at Henry Ford Health System, I'm responsible for the central market and also had the privilege to su- succeed Georgia Fatasic as president and CEO of Henry Ford Allegiance Health. And I'm responsible for growing the central market for Henry Ford Health System. Well, that's wonderful, Paula, and we'll have an opportunity to talk a little bit about what all that means. But, you know, now that you've established who you are and you have an impeccable background, uh, let's start with the why. Now, we do this on every episode so we can get to know our guests just a little bit better. So, Paula, what is your why? What motivates you? What gets you up out of bed in the morning? Well, it starts, a lot of it starts from the beginning. So I talked about my parents being college professors. But in addition to that, they gave us a strong sense of faith. 
And they also um, instilled in us a strong sense of giving back and, and recognizing um, the sacrifices that people made ahead of us and, and giving back. So that really framed my sense of community, my sense of service. As I mentioned, I had an older sister that had significant health care um, needs. She had multiple surgeries to correct her um, her curvature in her spine. She ultimately had to go through rehabilitation to become independent as a paraplegic. And so through her experiences, through the experience of my parents, I learned a lot about care, compassion, the importance of making sure that you give proper information. And really for me, um, I watched how my mother really engaged in my sister's care and it impressed upon me, you know, what if everyone doesn't have a mother like mine that looks at everything and checks every prescription and asks all those questions? And so that's when I really noticed at a very young age that if we could create health systems that were really attentive to every patient every time, that that would, could, could make an impact. And also, again, because my parents grew up um, racist with a sense of community, um, just knowing that we wanted to help improve the health status of our communities was something that that wakes me up every day. So. Um, the work I do really, really speaks to my early calling and early upbringing. And it certainly shines through, Paula, and what a what a why that you have. And we're very thankful to have you on our program today. So, you know, Paula, when you think about growth, um, what makes it so important? Uh, what makes it a critical part of what we do in healthcare? So much, you know, it's, it's frequently... Uh, included in the five pillars that we have talked about in our show here before. But, you know, what what is the value of that? So as, as far as the pillars within Henry Ford Health System, we actually have similar pillars. So we have six pillars that we, we take, we um, really forge our strategic things around. One is local market leadership. One is transformational partnerships. One is world-class service line. Another is highest performing networks differentiated care and experience, and inspired people in extraordinary places to work. And so when we look at growth, um, we're really looking to try to make sure that we focus on those strategic things. And so growth for us is really looking at, first and foremost, the needs of those communities, but it doesn't provide us a way to expand our strategic themes um, and our value set um, into communities. So one of the things we discuss frequently on Rural Health Rising is the value of partnerships between healthcare organizations. So when it comes to growth, we all know that in the healthcare industry, partnerships are a huge part of the picture. So for you as someone in leadership of a larger health system and with a regional focus on your specific uh, market, the central market, how do you look for new partnership opportunities? What makes a partnership worth pursuing from your perspective? You know, from my perspective, from, from Henry Ford's perspective, it starts with a value set. And as you guys know, um, Henry Ford Allegiance um, was an uh, independent hospital for 95 years before we joined Henry Ford Health System and very proud of that independence and made the decision to join a larger partner to have access to capital, expanded services, and, and really give us a platform for stability um, in the future. But that aligned value set between Allegiance and Henry Ford Health System was really the common denominator that, that started the um, conversation. As we go into communities, though, we really want to assess that community need. And that could be around any number of areas. It could be around service, if there's a service gap. In some cases, um, we've been invited to come into communities because they want an improved quality or expansion of services. Um, we want important community partnerships. We have individuals that want us to come into communities because they want a stronger partnership with the health system. And interesting, um, what we're finding in communities, they want to partner around equity. 
Um, we're finding, particularly in the central market of uh, the central part of the state of Michigan, that there's a renewed sense to want to elevate the conversation around equity, and they see Henry Ford as a leader to help find that balanced approach and that approach that meets the needs and and the unique um, dynamics of those local communities. Now, um, our listeners may remember in episode eight, Rachel, of Rural Health Rising, we talked with Brian Long. He's the chief executive officer of Memorial Healthcare uh, in Owasso, Michigan, and a great speaker, uh, a visionary, and we had a great time with him. But he made an important distinction uh, for rural hospitals, and it was between independence and interdependence, uh, pointing out that we do rely on our partners that we team up with to provide care and patients just as they rely on us in those same scenarios. So, Paula, uh, from your perspective and your side of the table, uh, what does interdependence between different healthcare organizations look like? And what does that mean for your patients who receive care within your health system? That's a really great question, um, JJ. And I would even say that for Henry Ford Health System, as we've embarked on growth, it continues to evolve. Um, I, I think traditionally, and I would say traditionally five plus plus years ago, there was a sense that um, pure acquisition or affiliation was really the only way that we could develop that sense of interdependence. And um, allegiance is a traditional way that that interdependence was formed. But as we're um, growing and identifying the strengths that some of these other health partners can have, we're really looking for those gaps, um, again, in those communities and areas where we can bring strength to, to support those providers that may already be in that market. So it could be creative. It could be a joint venture. It could be that we decide that we want to expand services. Um, it could be that we collaborate around things with community health. You know, we, in, in the pandemic, we've talked about sharing services, sharing supplies, trying to, to access vaccine distribution together. So it could it could show up in any, any number of ways. But I, I would say for Henry Ford, it's a hybrid. Um, it's not a one size fits all. And it's really based on those unique needs in the community the value set, and also the strength of those healthcare partners that exist in that community. Now, on the flip side, JJ, I want to pose that same question to you. So for you, uh, in the the smaller independent hospital setting, what does interdependence between different healthcare organizations look like, and what does that mean for our patients here in Hillsdale? Well, you know, similar to what Paula has shared today with us, it, it, is, sim- it is very similar. Um, you know, I think we have the same growth mindset. We have the same growth strategy. Um, when we talk about big systems and small health systems, you know, oftentimes we get involved in this discussion about things called M&As. You ever heard of that, Rachel? I have heard of that. Mergers and acquisitions and big systems and small systems. This is where the rub is between the two. Mm-hmm. It's uh, small systems and independent ones like ours, you know, who have maintained their independence for 106 years with a very strong board and really a vision to keep healthcare local, struggles with the concept of just a flat out merger acquisition for right. many reasons. Now, we've talked about that in previous episodes, but for us, understanding that there's a greater value outside of an M&A, mm-hmm. we're not going to engage in an M&A, but what could we engage in? Partnerships and affiliations that could benefit population health management. It's not just about acquiring the little guy to get the patient sent to the mothership, per se, right? We're talking about how do we form 
lasting partnerships to improve the health and wellness of our respective communities. My community is is unique to Paula's. You know, Paula is in a a very, what we would call metropolitan. Now, she probably wouldn't (laughs) think that because she's come from metropolitan areas. But for us down here in Hillsdale, where you see tractors parked in our parking lot, you know, that's metro. (laughs) You know, you go to Jackson to go out to eat. So we think about those things and we think about how do we deliver the best care possible in our community where transportation is a major concern, the lack thereof, public transportation, where access to care is a major concern. And so you start looking at those things. And we've said before, all forms of health care need to be local. And so what do we translate that to? It's not a merger. It's not an acquisition. We don't need access to capital. We have plenty. Our facility is beautiful. Our board is engaged. What do we need? We need a relationship with interdependence towards someone who's larger than us that can provide the post-care after the discharge of a patient for things that we simply cannot offer. So the relationship begins to build. And when you look at affiliations, the opportunity that Paul and I have briefly discussed in in previous conversations has been how, how do we evolve around the patient population and how do we take care of the wholeness of the patient? So nurse navigators, Paula has. Paula mm-hmm. has access to larger modalities than, than I could ever dream of. Right. We don't have the capacity in Hillsdale. So our relationship is, you know, working with our partners to build the healthcare, to have those in important dialogues, not to build silos. And oftentimes between the big systems and the small hospitals, the silos are built. We have torn down those silos. You know, we have made a commitment, Paula, myself, Greg, and others. We've had Greg on this program from Oakland. We have determined that for the wellness of our respective communities, we must work together. Mm -hmm. It is not territorial when we're taking care of the wholeness of the patient. So if there are services that Paula can offer in her 45-minute drive, uh, a lot closer than someone having to drive two hours or four hours, you know, we can offer those services in a collaborative agreement to things that I cannot provide here. And so to your question, the relationship is so important with healthcare systems like Henry Ford. And we've had other partnerships for telehealth and other things that have benefited and strengthened the wellness of our community. And for me, that is what is so important about this. Now, We've had histories with our predecessors over decades where there has been at times a war um, and then a, a period of a standoff. And and what we're saying is, you know, break the silos down. Each of us know what our, our strengths are. I'm not going to start a cancer oncology center in Hillsdale on my own. I can't. Right. So I'll look out to Paula and say, Paula, this is a need in our community. We need something here. What can you do to provide this service so that we can provide that care here? She has access to oncologists. Right. Uh, she has a system. They have state-of-the-art uh, you know, technology, and they have world-class, truly, at Henry Ford Allegiance, world-class oncology services. Mm-hmm. And so why would I want to duplicate those services when I don't have the capacity right. and I don't need to do that here? So this is where the relationship is so crucial, but it's where often – Hospitals, small and large, find their most significant battle because they're, they believe that it's a territorial war mm-hmm. and it does not have to be. So for you, it's really the difference between an adversarial approach versus a true partnership approach, Absolutely. looking at how can we work together to best serve all of these patients and these communities Absolutely. and build that strength and stability. 
Well, that said, we understand that serving a large market that is spread out across a large geographic footprint can make it difficult to identify the right growth opportunities in the right markets. Uh, How do you ensure, Paula, that your growth strategies take into account the local needs and desires of the variety of communities that you serve? Well, you know, that's a really good question. And largely, um, it's based on what the consumers tell us. You know, there's a lot that we can look at through community needs assessment, and we can look at diseases and and look at providers in a community to determine where those gaps are. But a lot of it is based on consumer feedback and and the the days of social media and and ability to get information electronically has helped improve our intel. Um, Having those effective relationships, as you said earlier, with the healthcare providers in that community um, is also an opportunity to understand where they may have challenges. And as you spoke to earlier, JJ, you know, even the cancer example, um, that also provides more efficient and high more high value to the community because if we both try to duplicate those cancer services and the investment we both have to make is just going to raise the cost of care for the community as a whole. And in addition, in some of those high specialty areas, you want a sense of scale and volume so you can really be good at it and provide the high quality. So if you have a program that's small in size, it's going to be expensive. And again, you might have that not have the consistent performance. So for us, we want to do the things that we can do well. Um, the beauty of it is in the metropolis of Jackson, um, we do understand <laughs> that healthcare is local. And, and what I would say coming into this role and having been in, in much larger communities and even larger health systems, um, I can really respect the role that Henry Ford is taking in making sure that not only they have senior leaders that are living in those local markets, but we're learning and being sensitive to the needs of those markets. And as you know, um, it, people need to get a certain amount of care in a, in a close proximity, as we've seen particularly during the pandemic, so they can get care that's um, provided to them quickly and safely. So, you know, the interdependence is based on where those unmet needs are. Um, the consumers will tell us that. We can do um, consumer needs assessments, but, um, you know, there's a lot of market data we can look at to determine where that right fit is. So it sounds like, you know, the real goal here is to create kind of almost like you have these puzzle pieces that fit together, right? So the routine care, some of the specialty care that's maybe not as difficult to provide, because we still provide a lot of specialty care in rural communities and here in Hillsdale in particular, but there are always going to be those things that partnership is the only way to get it done. So it's kind of like you're looking for those different puzzle pieces, what's going to fit together and work well instead of trying to, you know, do what what young children do when they try to force two pieces together that don't work. You're really looking for what's the right fit that's going to benefit the whole community um, in that sense. So, okay. you know, Rachel, and yeah. that's an important point and one in which I can give you an analogy from one of our voice uh, voices uh, from our patient. And we've we've heard from Kathy. Uh, and Kathy has shared with us her experience. And the piece of the puzzle that was most important for her initially was that she gets her care locally here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she did that until a point came where she could no longer do that. Right. And so she chose to go to Henry Ford Allegiance for cancer services. And so she's coming back to our environment. She's having her ancillaries done here. Uh, she's getting her x-rays done here, mm-hmm. and she goes to this location uh, in Jackson uh, and for that additional specialty care. And when you talk about the the puzzle pieces, it's critical. If we didn't have the initial piece here, again, that would be a significant void. 
right. for the care that we give her. And if she didn't have the access to drive up to Paula's hospital, she would also be faced with driving much further mm-hmm. and potentially, again, quality scores and looking at those other things. The care may not have been as great as she received at Henry Ford Allegiance. So those things are what we have to consider. Right. So, okay, Paula, last question for you here. Um, this is kind of a hypothetical. So let's say you have identified a new service line that you want to provide to your community or market or in a community or market. You go through that process determining, is this something that we should operate and own independently or should we do it in partnership with another organization? So you've gone through all that. You've just launched this service, whether in partnership or on your own. Now you're up and running. So how do you measure your success and what level of value that service is providing to your community now that it's available? Well, before we even embark on that um, venture, our new service, we do a significant amount of vetting, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. um, from from finance to operations. We look at consumer engagement, other stakeholders. We we look at um, the competitors in the market just to see if there's, a, you know, if there's something there that we're competing against or, or not. So there's a ton of vetting that we do um, to ensure the success of that venture. Um, ultimately, it's going to be that consumer feedback, that utilization of the service, um, the growth and expansion of the services um, that are going to determine whether it's successful or not. Um, it, the consumer's voice is what we listen to. So that will determine the success of the venture. We will look for it to perform you know, as we financially had anticipated. We're looking for quality to improve. We're looking for those great customer service reviews. Um, but the growth in um, taking care of our communities is ultimately what we want to accomplish. Well, Paula, believe it or not, our time has come to a close today, and we have thoroughly enjoyed uh, the time that we have spent with you today. And to learn a little bit more uh, from your perspective, from a larger health system, uh, the impact of what hospitals and what healthcare means in rural communities. Um, I want to thank you for joining us today and for your partnership uh, in understanding the uniqueness of Hillsdale, because uh, you and I early on had a conversation about the importance of the independence of Hillsdale and how you know we're going to uh, fight for that independence. And it's important for many reasons, not because we're trying to be independent for the sake of that, but our interdependence and our independence is very important, closely linked. And so um, we have had an opportunity to share in many times uh, in discussion about the role of local health. And, you know, I want to congratulate you and your team on some uh, great awards that you've received uh, for your hospital and for uh, your involvement in tackling this uh, significant challenge in the pandemic. Uh, and leading that in Jackson County and for being uh, good partners around you. So thank you so much for joining us today, Paula. Thank you so much. And now for our favorite part of the show, the voice of the patient. When Robin woke up in the middle of the night coughing uncontrollably, she was frightened. Since she lived alone, the Hillsdale resident decided to call 911 for help. I thought I was going to pass out, she said. She was brought into Hillsdale Hospital's emergency department and soon after was admitted. Robin had chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and complications from this condition required her to stay at the hospital for six days. Once admitted, Robin was examined by one of the hospitalists on staff. I had a lot of fear, she said. 
But the doctor made a point of bending over and looking me in the eyes and telling me that I was going to be okay. He gave me the will to continue to get better. Robin said that the doctor was very reassuring, positive, and compassionate. He is all the things I look for in a doctor, she explained. Her doctor was pivotal in changing her mindset in wanting to get better. In addition to his kind and caring nature, he also took the time to explain what was happening to her and what treatment she needed. It was a profound experience for Robin. Everyone from nursing to housekeeping was extremely personable and seemed to go out of their way to make sure I had what I needed, she said. They were generous with their time and understanding. It's true that the people here are going to do the best they can for you. The voice of the patient is, its I know it's our favorite part of the show. It really is because it allows us to see and better understand in their own words the impact that our patients are feeling after receiving healthcare with us and how important that is to them, to their families, and to their daily life. Before we close, Paula, we like to do a fun segment with our guest. Uh, so we want to know, what is your most unique rural experience or one of your favorite memories that is unique to rural life? Well, you know, sometimes your most recent experiences are the ones that come to mind. And for me, it was a wonderful kind of rainy afternoon I spent at Meckley's um, Fruit Farm. And I was just feeling the need to do something kind of fall oriented. It was during the pandemic. Of course, we couldn't social distance. And I went out there and had the best cider and <laughs> donuts. And good. Um, it was great. And so just to be able to see the animals and the pumpkins and um, and see people getting out and enjoying a little bit of the fall weather um, was probably my most recent favorite rural experience. Oh, that is awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Paula. Thank you. Next time on Rural Health Rising, we'll talk with one of our longest-serving Hillsdale Hospital leaders and our longest-tenured team member about risk in the rural health environment. So be sure to tune in. And as a reminder, we are collecting patient testimonials to be featured during our Voice of the Patient segment. If you have an experience to share about the positive impact you or your loved one has had as a patient at a rural hospital or healthcare provider, call our direct-to-voicemail line at 269-447-1265 or email us at marketing at hillsdalehospital.com and share your story. You just might be featured on a future episode of Rural Health Rising. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. So until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. Rural Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, hosted by J.J. Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. Special thanks to today's guest, Paula Autry, Senior Vice President and Chief Executive Officer for Henry Ford Health System Central Market and President and Chief Executive Officer of Henry Ford Allegiance Health. For more interviews like this and more information or to share your patient or family testimonial with us, visit RuralHealthRising.com. 